Hi, welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast. This week's theme, in a world full of trends, remain classic. Featuring the legendary Dionne Warwick. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. Welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Do you know what today is? It's Thursday. That means you grab the New York Post, check out the Renaissance Man column, You've already subscribed and or downloaded Apple and or Spotify. If you really on top of the game, you can get it at 12 a.m. Check us out on YouTube. Leave comments. What did you think about the latest episode? Who are some of the guests you would like to see on the show? I appreciate your support. Leave a five-star rating. Tell a friend to tell a friend to come and get some of this therapy from the Renaissance man each week. This week's theme, in a world full of trends, remain classic. Growing up in Detroit, it becomes second nature to be in tune with everything trending, everything fashionable, your flavor, your style. It's mandatory as a native Detroiter. You guys seen Motown. They made hits, but they made sure they look good. Started with the plant. People migrated from the South to come to Detroit for jobs and opportunity because there was a renaissance here. Let me think of some things that I was into fashion-wise when I was younger. Wow. How about Adidas? Run DMC? Ever heard of them? They had a song called My Adidas. With no shoestrings in them, I did not win them. I bought them off the aft with the black lead denim. I like to sport them. That's why I bought them. A sucker tried to steal them, so I caught them and I fought them. Then I walked down the street. Rock to the beat with Lee on my leg and Adidas on my feet. So what do you think we was getting in the hood when those bars got spit? We needed the Lees because Run already told us, Calvin Klein, no friend of mine. Don't wear nobody's name on my behind. So we like, okay. Got to get these black leaves. Got to get these gray leaves. In a world full of trends, remain classic. How about draft day? I know you saw it. Red and white pinstripe suit. That was Detroit. What up, though, all day. Even had on the red socks, red underclothes, and the red Mari Gators. Mmm. Mean. I was going to represent my city because that's why I was there, sitting right next to my mother. It's 
one of my favorite pictures of all time in a world full of trends remain classic. And how about this? You may look at the red and white pinstripe suit, and at the time, it was a trend. Hated or loved it. But then I realized something. Like the name Jalen, because my mother made that name up. It wasn't just trendy. Jason wouldn't have hit the same. James wouldn't have hit the same. She called me Jalen. You may look at the red pinstripe suit and the name Jalen and think it was something that got stuck in the 90s. However, 2021 and beyond, they both remain classic. And our next guest has always remained classic in a world full of trends. Up next, the iconic, the legendary, Dionne Warwick. Today, I am joined by one of the most iconic entertainers, personalities, figures, artists to ever grace the face of this earth. Dionne Warwick is a queen, royalty. I love you very much, and thank you for all of your contributions and for joining me today. Uh, Jalen, first of all, I thought they said, who are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And as I mentioned, you've had a legendary career. Tell us the story of how you actually started in the music industry. Well, you know, I've been singing all my life. I come from a singing family of gospel singers. So music has always been ingrained in me. Insofar as my recording and professional career, that started by doing background work and demonstration records in New York City. And that led to a recording contract with Scepter Records. It's almost 59 years ago. And uh, it it seems that uh, this industry just doesn't want to let me go, which I'm thrilled about. (laughs) You know, they're still excited about anything I record. And uh, as I am. And along the way, I'm doing some things that I never thought I would ever think about doing, you know, uh, with the social media stuff that I'm doing now and meeting some new friends and young friends mm-hmm. uh, who are, um, they seem to be enjoying me as I'm enjoying them. So there it is. Absolutely. What qualities or traits do you have or others like yourself have to make it in the industry at that time? when you started your career? Well, we were all individuals. You know, we each had our own sound, our own way of of presenting ourselves on stage and also a major amount of camaraderie. We enjoyed each other. We supported each other. And uh, that kind of distinguished everybody from each other. You know, Gladys Knight, nobody sounds like her or looks like her or acts like her. Patti LaBelle, the same thing. And I fortunately was fit into that particular genre as well. Nobody does what I do. You know, I'm the only one doing what I do. Absolutely. And you've not only done it with excellence, but with some of the best all-time greats, as you mentioned, Gladys Knight and Elton John. Yes. And Stevie Wonder. So in coming up with the theme for this episode, I decided to call it In a World Full of Trends, remain classic. In your words, define classic and what's allowed you 
to remain classic? You know, definition of classic. Everlasting, I think that would be kind of apropos for that word. Something that never, ever goes out of style. Something that remains true to what it is. You know, doesn't decide that, okay, I'm going to leave this for a minute and go to that. Instead of of, uh, doing what you do. That's my mantra. I I like me, you know. So (laughs) I find no reason to want to be like anybody other than me. And I was told that at a very early age. You can't be anybody but yourself. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy being myself. So I guess if we have to define or give a definition or, or what I think the classic is, I think that would be it. You know, be whatever it is that you are always. Well said. And you've always been a lady with style and grace, especially on the red carpet. What are some of your favorite designers on some of those legendary award nights? And what was your process in getting ready for the big events? Oh, wow. You know, I have had the pleasure of wearing many of our iconic designers. And to name just one or two of them wouldn't be fair to the rest of them, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) I will, however, say that the majority of the ones that I wore from the very beginning, uh, there was a young man named Michael Travis who designed gowns specifically for me. So the majority of the gowns that you saw in the very beginning of my award, you know, being on the award shows, were gowns that he he made for me. You recently announced that your biopic with Tiana Taylor will soon be in the works. And I'm so excited. She's so amazing and so talented. Why is it important to bring your story to the big screen? You know, this is a it's a bio series. It's not the biopic. The biopic and the series that Tiana will be in are two different things. My biopic, we're still uh, gathering funds to, to get this thing done. But that will mm-hmm. be starring LaToya Luckett. She will be betraying me in my earlier years, yes. Wow. And Tiana will be doing the series that we're putting together based upon my music and, and my my travels through my career. Tiana is brilliant, you know, and I'm so pleased that she she said, yes, she wanted to be a part of this and she will not only be portraying me, but she'll also be in the director's seat. She'll be, she's a part of the the writing of the, the scripts for each of the series parts. So, you know, I'm, I'm truly blessed about this. You know, she is absolutely magnificent. We've had several telephone calls and she's funny as all get out. <laughs> she <laughs> loves to laugh. And that made me feel good because that's something I love to do too. As you all know, I love laughing. Can you let our audience know, if possible, if there are investors out there or people who want to support or get involved, how can they do so? That's very, very easy. You can go to my PR people and or my son, Damon Elliott. You can reach him at ddd3management at gmail.com. And Angelo Ellerby is my PR person. You can always reach him through his company. So 
but I'll, I'll make sure that you have all of the information before we, we leave, okay? Yes, ma'am. And there was a period in time that almost seems suspended. And that was when Barack Obama got inaugurated. Huh. I was in D.C. at the time. I was fortunate enough to be able to attend one of your events. Mm-hmm. How important for you and our country and our people was it to see Barack Obama become president? It's absolute. First of all, it was magic that happened. But it was it's historic that we finally realized, first of all, that a black man or woman are human beings have the absolute right to be anything they want to be. And fortunately, Barack decided he wanted to be president. And we, along with him, decided that that's what he should be. And it was just just an amazing time in our lives that we should all revere the fact that we were capable and able to bring that to fruition, to bring a Black man into that White House, a house that we as Black people built, basically. Now we have the right people living in it. Absolutely. And... A couple of other things before I let you get out of here. And I appreciate you taking the time. Mm-hmm. As someone, as you mentioned, has been in the industry for decades, you've also seen this country change and or stay the same. Yeah. Just give me a snapshot of what you know about this country when you were growing up and what you see now. The comparisons and the differences. You know, I'll tell you in my growing years, I lived on a, a block in East Orange, New Jersey, that I describe on every occasion, given the opportunity, as a street that was virtually the United Nations. It was every race, color, creed, and religion. And we walked to school together. We played together. We had um, sleepovers together. We had People that put their feet under my mother's dinner table and I put my feet under their mother's dinner table. So all of the things as I grew older that were were taking place were things that I'd never even dreamed possible because I didn't live in that environment. As it turns out, as I grew older and things began began to get crazier, I I lived through the the, um, terrible times that Los Angeles had with the riots and New York and New Jersey had with the riots. I lived through this madness when I first got on the road of segregation and didn't understand what that was because I didn't come from that kind of an environment in the beginning. And to now be living it all over again, just does not make sense. You know, I never, ever dignified segregation ever. And I never will, you know, because of the color of my skin, you're going to be crazy. You know, it's just like everything else. My grandfather told me once, because I got into a little bit of trouble, I had a big fight with the, mm-hmm. with the white, white girl. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know, why was I fighting? And I said, well, Grandpa, she called me out of my name. She used that N-word. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it's only a word, baby. I said, yeah, I know, but it's a word I don't like. He says, nobody likes it. He said, but next time anyone says that to you that happens to be of a white skin, 
just look at them square in the face and say, you know what? I just may be your sister. You don't know that, do you? Hmm. You know, and that's so ironically true. If you would go back into slavery, we black women birthed a lot of white babies, a lot of them. So, you know, um, I am just hopeful that our babies, our youngsters, uh, who seem to be that has a grip on what's going on today and, and has a desire to change it, that they will make all the right moves for us. You know, and hopefully we've been leading them in that right direction. And that's all we can do is hope. That's all we can do. Well, your voice has been unparalleled and your and your wisdom is outstanding. <laughs> and you've seen many artists and entertainers come and go. And so many people that look like us want to be in entertainment, want to be athletes. Yeah. Because they see that as our way out. What advice can you give today's up-and-coming artists? Well, you know, there are other sides of the arts. You know, as opposed to standing in front of that microphone, you can be up in that booth with those lights. You can be on the side of the stage with the sound. You can be in the backstage with uh, preparations for, for the act to be a part of the entertainment industry. Entertainment industry is a very wide spectrum. And that it goes for the sports as well. You can become managers, you can become agents, become, I'm looking at football now, we got some black referees, ladies, you know, mm -hmm. which is very encouraging. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there's so many areas of the entertainment industry that I think bears uh, looking into, as opposed to always wanting to be in front of the microphone. I would love to be behind the scenes. I really would. You know, there are moments when it just becomes so overbearing that, you know, you said, well, let me run the lights today, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I think to look beyond the, quote, unquote, I want to be a star. You know, I a young man told me many, many years ago, his name was Ronnie Evans was his name. And he was the road manager for the Shirelles. That's how long back it goes that he said to me, he says, you never want to be a star. I said, oh, really? He said, no, stars fall. You mm. want to be the moon. Mm. Never forgot that. So if mm. that means anything at all, and if anyone else hears it, never feel that's all you want to be as a star. You want to be the moon. And that moon reaches all areas of our earth. So yes. it's not just one thing. It's many things. Yes, absolutely. And extremely profound. Uh -huh. And I definitely appreciate you taking your time again. I like to do a couple rapid fire questions called gone in 60 seconds before I let you go, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. Favorite place in the world to perform? Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, there's so many. Um, yes, anywhere in Europe. It doesn't really matter what country in Europe. Brazil, absolutely. France, my goodness. And even the Asian, the Asian rim. The world has been so very good to me. It's very difficult to say just a couple of places. Most important step in your morning routine? Oh, uh, 
waking up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God, for waking me up. <laughs> Very well said. How about this, since you've done such an amazing job and a terrific follow on social media, who is your favorite person to follow on Twitter? You know, I, I don't have a favorite person to follow. I don't. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that so many are following me. And they seem to be okay with everything I'm doing. So they're having a lot of fun with me because I'm having fun with them. I love to laugh, like you know. Absolutely. And how about your favorite place to party? Home. I party at my house. You know, <laughs> and I, I do. And I invite my friends to party with me at my home. So that's my favorite place to party. How about someone that's an artist today that you are a fan of? Oh, wow. There's so many of them. I've gotten to know quite a few of the youngsters. So I'm slowly becoming very much aware of them and uh, their talents. So I'm not going to choose just one or two. Very well said. And last but not least, and again, you're a queen, you're a royalty, you're iconic. I'm so very humbled that you joined me today. It means everything. But before I let you leave, I must ask you this final question. Please give me an artist you wish you had the chance to collaborate with. Oh, that's easy. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hmm. Yep. And that's going to happen before it's all over. That is definitely going to happen. Wow. <laughs> that would be iconic and legendary. I appreciate you joining me, Dion Warwick. My pleasure, Jason. You take good care of yourself, yeah. Yes, ma'am, you too. I will, though. Bye-bye. Last call! This week's last call is about the importance of having a career. Having a career means that you're committed to playing the game and get better over time and advance to higher levels. Having a career can inspire you to do and be more in your job, which will light you up and make your life come alive. You'll make more progress in your career too because you're engaged and interested in what you're doing. Take our guest, the fabulous Miss Dion Warwick, for example. She has been in her career for over 60 years. Six zero years. Her dedication to her career is why she's regarded as an icon today. Here are some tips that helped me get my career started. First and foremost, identify with your goals. Before even considering following a career route, you must get to know yourself. Next, become aware of your strengths. Also, the flip side of that, acknowledging and understanding that you, we, and all of us have weaknesses. And sometimes your critics are right about you. And that's okay. Because when you hear the chatter, you have a chance to fix it. 
And lastly, network a lot. It's always what you know and who you know. Always remember, passion is the difference between having a job or having a career. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week. Thank you.